Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 61. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So I cannot believe it's December already. I don't know whether it's just me getting older, but time seems to be speeding up massively. Just looking, just looking back the other day at some of the photographs of my kids when they were young, and now they're 18 and 16. It just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting older quicker, people. So we have got a great guest this week, Jeff McManus. Now, what does Jeff do? Well, Jeff grows things. He's a director of landscape services at the University of Mississippi. He grows plants. He grows people. He grows ideas. Jeff knew that growing people was as critical to growing the plants. Understanding that all humans either have to strive for the innate elements of greatness, resiliency, opportunity and wisdom. Jeff developed his growth theory into an impactful management and professional development leadership program for his staff. Hi Jeff and welcome to the show. Jeff, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am really looking forward to this. We've had some good fun already just before we've even aired the show. So um, tell us a little bit about how you came to this point today. Well, I'm the director of landscape services at the University of Mississippi, and I have had a great challenge here to create an award-winning campus. We went from last place to first place. And so I've, I felt some of the leadership lessons that we cultivated here and grew and developed our people were important to share with the world. I, I knew if I could do, do some of the things that we did that anybody could do them. And I wanted to share those with people. That's brilliant. So when you started out, have you, before you got into univer- the university, what did you do before that? Well, I, uh, I worked down in Florida, down okay. around the mouse, okay, make okay. Disney World okay. out around there, okay. doing the same thing, just growing plants and, okay. and having a great time at some big resorts. Went down to Miami for a little while and, and had a, a wonderful time, a lot of sun and fun and beach, right? Met my wife there and all that good stuff and ended up moving here in 2000. Okay. And for you is what... Because it's quite an interesting route, isn't it? Going from doing what you're doing and then creating like almost like a leadership strategy. Oh yeah. From what yeah. you're doing, so give us give us some more. Um, how did that all come about? Where, how did that sort of well, it's, it's grow? Kind of like, I guess. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like watching nature, right? Yeah, nature and how it cult, you know grows things, and and so we try to do a lot of different things. I tried different things, and and I put that in my journey, you know, it was just all part of figuring it out. And and we found some things that really resonated and really started working and getting traction. And so that's when I knew when I started seeing our culture change, where we just weren't focusing on awesome results from our team and our individuals, but we were focusing on a culture that created awesome results and awesome people. That's when I knew we were hitting a home run is that the culture really started changing in our, our workplace and our people. Just by the stories, the, the less drama, the, the less uh, ch- the frustrations that we were having, and we were seeing success with a lot of the tasks we needed. And, and we started winning you know, national championships in landscaping with it. So I knew we were hitting some home runs. And was it was it always your intention to create some sort of leadership strategy or was it just, wow, okay, we've got something and let's go with it? 
Well, I've always enjoyed the leadership part because I realized early in my career I didn't know how to lead. And so I became a student early on and out of necessity. I needed to get other people excited about things. I needed them to do it. I couldn't do it all myself. And so that study, self-study and learning, I think Jeff was what really piqued my interest in eventually writing my own book in leadership development. Well, let's let's go into the, the book. Um, so I love the title of the book. Um, the book is, what's the book called? Because my image is really small. I want to make yeah. sure. So let's have a look. Yeah, so growing Weeders into Leaders. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So I guess for me, for your definition, what is a weeder? Well, weeder is a mindset. It's that it's you know it's a lot of negativity. It's that person who only thinks that they're there just to earn a paycheck, right? That's all I'm here for. I just will get me get here to get my check and go home. Versus a leader is that person who sees the purpose of why they're there. There's something they're there to create something beautiful to help recruit amazing students to a university, so to speak, by the beautiful landscaping, and those students will go on and cure cancer. You know, that, that's a bigger picture. That's the mindset we want to develop and cultivate to grow in our people that there's a passion. You know, that passion comes out of, I love what I do, right? You want to see that in everybody. So we encourage our staff, you know, if this is not what you love, go find what you do love. But we also, in the interview process now, we want to make sure we're hiring people that this is really what they want to do, not just a job. Yeah. One thing I love about that concept is, is a lot of the times in, in the early days when I started looking at doing this work is I often talk about our influences like, um, you know, is it people who have those that positive impact on people's lives? We are we are this the helping them grow that seeds of influence, aren't we? You know, That's right. And I often yeah. described it as like we're, we're helping them grow like a solid oak tree, which is, you know, deep roots and huge branches and huge spread that will last a lifetime and further and further on. And I love that whole concept of it. Well, that's a, that's a great analogy, but think of also as you're dropping the acorns, what those are, that's going to be your legacy, right? That's, that's, those are your offspring. So we, as our staff is growing, they're, they're mentoring college students who work with them. So remember that college student one day is going to be a part of you. And so that's that's sort of your legacy. So you you keep getting that bigger picture to and you keep pushing that down into the organization and and letting folks see that, letting them feel that and be a part of that. Brilliant. So I guess the, one of the things I'm really interested in is is the the philosophies or the strategies that you um have in order to help people to and um, grow to develop that leadership culture that you're looking at. We we use a, a, a philosophy called the grow theory. Okay, I like to Class. I like to stay in that keep, world. Keep right? it in the plant, absolutely. That's right. <laughs> and and it makes it easy for this old guy to remember. Uh, so so there's four words that we like to use, okay. um, and it makes the, the word grow. And it's greatness, resiliency, opportunity, and wisdom. Okay. So. We unpack that a little bit and, and each one, and, and, and when I'm speaking, these are the four, my four talking points, is that the greatness of what it is that you do. So Jeff, if you came to work for me, 
I would want to make sure that you understand how important it is to do whatever the, the task you're, you're going to do. You know, it's whether you're picking up paper or, or whatever it is, it's highly important. So we, we make that sure that you understand that. And then that resiliency, you're going to be going through a lot of tough challenges, but together as a team, it's amazing what we can do together. We can adapt and overcome anything. And then we built, built, uh, we start looking for opportunities. We use a, a program here that's been highly successful called Landscape University. And that's a way for people to come in and develop their skills. They learn our standards. And through that, they can actually get some promotion in that as well, so, uh, some type of little monetary value, or maybe it's a magnet or something. But it's a way to recognize the talent around us. And then the last one, uh, Jeff, the, the one that's probably been the most important, and it was the one that we started with, is walking our people in wisdom. You think about how much, how many books you read and, and audio books that you listen to and podcasts. Not, every, not everybody's doing that. Right. And, and I found that a lot of our team was missing out on those great nuggets of truth. You know, they weren't listening to Jim Rohn. Oh, my goodness. They're not listening to John Maxwell or Zig Ziglar. And so or the TEDx talks. Right. All these great TEDx talks. Well, what would happen if I expose them and let them really soak that in, walk them through the steps of and listening to that. And that that became a real dynamic aspect of that. And we, we bring in speakers. We we're just constantly growing in our heads, you know, and also in our in our core values. And so I found that that was a huge unifying factor in our team because we experienced that together. Yeah, there's some really good, interesting things there. I mean, one of the reasons why um, I asked the question about, which we'll come to in the second half, about the books, is because there's a direct correlation with those people that settle for mediocrity. They generally don't, as you've said, they don't look at how do they develop, how do they move, how do they learn new skills, how do they change their current situation. And then you look at the, you know, realistically 100% of the people that have been on this show and they spend a crazy amount of time on that and we'll find out exactly how much time you will spend on the second half of the show but there is it's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that question was because people have to understand that if they are not happy with their circumstances if they want to go for promotion or if they want to go for a new career or if they want to sort of absorb that they have to be willing to learn and step That's right. that. And it's it's amazing that people, you know, it's it's simple, yet it's not an obvious thing that people can identify with and then they can Well, it was eye opening for me, Jeff, when we first started doing this at how many of us were pointing at the reasons why we're not getting ahead and the problems we're having is we're pointing at everybody else saying it it's their fault. But what personal growth does and walking people in wisdom, it's amazing that it gives people self-awareness. It lets them see that really the only person I can change and really deal with is me. And I knew we had hit a home run, Jeff. And this, you know, this was not my intent, but I was super excited when it came about as a guy came in who works with us and he said, can I close the door and, you know, talk to you for a minute? Sure, sure. And he goes, you know, this, this walking in wisdom, this leader, we call it leader to leader here. And he, he says, this thing, this thing is great. It's helped us. We're not, you know, we're getting along, we're getting, doing all these things. And then his head kind of looked down at the 
ground and kind of looked at me and he goes, but I want you to know this. He says, it saved my marriage. And I said, really, how? And you know how. I mean, it, he says, I was getting ready to, to divorce my wife and I realized she wasn't the problem, right? I was the problem is what he said. And so, you know, it's that self-awareness. And sometimes we need to help our people, right? Help grow people from the inside. And so that's that's the big, that's the one I tell you that has really meant the yeah. most in, insightful for us. Yeah. So can you share with some of the strategies that you sort of implement in order to help people do that? Because the, the audience of this show are entrepreneurs, you know, people that, they may work for themselves or they may work for, for with other groups, but they're really looking at, as I say on the show, it's create the exceptional life. They're looking at, they understand that they need to shift. They understand that there's things that they need to do. And it's always great to get those gems of strategies that different people use so they can grow their, um, yeah. I love that. You just It's naturally to be used in every sentence you talk about, personal development. Well, the first thing we did is we slowed down to speed up, slowed down to speed up. And what, and what I mean by that is, is we took time to sharpen the blades, right? If you don't sharpen a lawnmower blade after a while, it gets really dull and it just starts, it doesn't cut the grass anymore. At first it pulls it and then it starts beating the grass and then it's just useless, right? And eventually you're going to have to do some maintenance there and it's going to cost you big money. So we figured out, slow down, invest in the people. So one of the ways we did that is that we had a Monday morning meeting. We created a meeting where we could get most of our staff in this meeting for, for 30 minutes. And, and that slows you down. You know, you got all that time down and everybody, and I, and I have other people who do this in shifts. They do it in smaller groups. We just created this way. But at first, Jeff, I was leading the meetings. I was modeling how to lead the meetings. But then I realized, wait a minute. I actually need our team to lead these meetings because it will help them become more of a leader. They'll feel more comfortable. You know, most people hate public speaking. And, and my staff has told me this. They said, we hated that at first. But, but a guy who, who left us, who went on to do a, another great job, he says, I want to tell you, when I was interviewing, he goes, for that other job, I felt so much more, more confident because I had led our meetings, you know, building their confidence. So we, we get some of our staff in that meeting to teach about a, a 30 second to one minute session on a new plant, right? There's always something new to learn. So that somebody will bring in an oak tree, you know, what kind of oak tree and we'll help them and, and make sure they're successful. We want to make sure they do that. Little things like that, getting people, but the communication opens up, but everybody in the meeting has a role. Um, and then those shift the next week, Some everybody else does a different role and everybody gets a chance to, to participate in some form or fashion throughout the meeting. That gets engagement, that gets people, it gets people off the fence, it gets people not rolling their eyes going, I wish Jeff would be quiet and quit talking because they know they're going to be up front next, yeah. right? They're going to be yeah. up there because it's going to be their turn. Yeah. That's yeah, that's amazing. Now, I suppose is the 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 challenge as well is is it's as you say it's that nurture side, which obviously flows really well in in the in the in the sort of the area that you're working in, but it's that nurturing side and in, in helping them develop themselves that then they and this is what you were talking about at the beginning then they help develop the other people around them. Well, listen, you know, we all need talent people, talented. 
And a lot of times we can't afford to go out and buy the top talent. So what's the next best way to do it is grow it, right? Develop yourself. Like you said, nurture it. And I'm telling you, developing leaders is one of the hardest things that I've had to do. It's a lot easier to skip it. And, and I think that's why a lot of people do skip it, but growing leaders, growing so that everybody leads themselves in a great way. Right. And so if I show up 10 minutes early, I'm leading myself really well because you're not going to have to wait on me. I'm ready to go teaching people. You know, our culture's lost a lot of that teaching people how to shake hands, how to look people in the eye and say, good morning. How you doing, Jeff? Great to see you. Have conversation. We bring very wealthy people down to our to those staff meetings I was telling you and let them be involved with our staff. And we teach our staff the questions to ask, you know, you questions not to ask it. What's it do with their mind? It raises their mindset. Oh, man, I can, I can be like this too. I'm, I'm an important person. And so that is all about getting, and then they go out and they're much more productive, much more. I mean, we're doing so much more. My, my job is so much better now than it was even five years ago. Yeah. And I'm because of just developing people. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting. It's an interesting topic. Really, the sort of the shaking hands and the and the looking people in the eye. Because you know, I've got kids. I've got an eighteen year old and a. I know I don't look that old, but I've got an eighteen year old and a sixteen year old. And um, it is amazing when you. And I know millennials get a bit of a, a hard stick when it comes to this, but there is that. There is that social side that one, they excel better in the sense of social on electronic communication, but they don't, uh, quite a lot of them have this, this other way of doing it where they, they find it very hard on the personal-to-person communication. Have you found that through the students that come through? Yeah, but I also, I think, I think we've poked the millennials a little too hard. Yeah, we're like throwing, throwing everything at them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you look at 200 years ago, they were saying the same thing about those generations, too, is just, is you know, these kids today, right? Well, whose responsibility is it to raise these kids, right? And so we have to be solution-minded and have to find ways to engage them. Uh, you know, have little rules at home like no electronics at the table. You know, we are going to eat at the table, right? We are going to eat together. Little things like that and then having conversations goes a long way. Hey guys, it's that time of year again. Feast and festivities are around the corner and so is the new year. So my question to you is, have you achieved what you aim to achieve in 2017? Or have you just become another statistic of failure? Are you ready to play big in 2018 to achieve those goals that you aspire to achieving? You're looking for a community of like-minded people who like you want to create and live an exceptional life. A supporter group to assist you in maintaining focus, hold you accountable, and be there when you have challenges. Well, if that sounds something that you're interested in, visit www.successiqmastermind.com to find out more information. Are you ready for ready. these questions? Fantastic. Let's do it, Jeff. Okay. So the first question is, how much time do you spend a week on self-development? Not enough. But uh, I, good I answer. Generally, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever I do, it's not enough. But I, I generally am I'm doing about 30 minutes to an hour a day, and that's in the car or in the okay. truck. Okay. Yeah. And do you, is that through – well, obviously, it's not reading. Well, so you've got a Tesla or something like that. But um, is that audio and books, or is it workshop? Is it like um, 
digital work workshops or something like that? What is your favorite sort of modality? For me, I love audio books. And the okay. reason I love books is because people have had to spend a lot of time to get those books to work and, and be mm. interesting. And it does, and it usually gets right to the point. And I love to listen to books, especially, you know, autobi uh, autobiographies or biographies of people who've been successful to hear yeah. their struggles yeah. that encourages me, you know, Henry Ford to yeah. hear how he, you know, just never gave up. He no. just always was persistent. Yeah. I love the I love the story with Henry Ford where they actually tried to take his company off him because um he was getting too powerful. And it was that I think if I remember rightly, it was the fact that someone kept asking questions about the capital of countries and God knows what else. And there was that yeah. final question was, well, um, what did he say? He said something something like to the lawyer, he says, In front of my desk I have a bank of phones. And all I do is I pick up the phone and someone will give me the answer. And it was like, okay, he has intelligence because he doesn't have to do it himself. And I think when you hear those, that's one of the reasons why I love thinking Grow Rich because it's it's old yet. And I mean, even if we look at personal development as a, as a, as a core, many of the things that I've talked about in that book are still taught. In fact, you know, we, ju we just put different flowers on that really. You know, it's, it, but the core thing is exactly what, they talk about exactly. you know exactly it's still a, it's still very applicable today yeah i mean it it works today so yeah it's one of my favorite yeah it's a good it was the first one i ever read that and then um a tony robbins book so let's talk about books what is your favorite personal development book and why one of my favorites is john maxwell's fifth the 15 invaluable laws of growth Ah, now, got it again. Growth is, again. Yeah, all about growth. John, John, I just, John is one of my favorite authors. He mm. just, he's very, he, he makes things clear. You know, leadership yeah. is all about the person who can bring clarity to something that's complicated. Yeah. And John does a great job. I, I just wanted to read you one little sentence here. Yeah, absolutely. God's gift to us, potential. Our gift to God, developing it. Like no, that. that's just yeah. That's that's an anonymous in, in a can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And yeah, and I think is as part of that leadership is to be as succinct as possible in getting the message across, isn't it? So you don't because I think sometimes we can we can over complex things where let's just keep it simple and let's just go for it. And you know, sometimes it is the well, quite often, actually, it is the simplest strategies that are the most powerful. But, they really are. But people like look at it and go, it's way too easy that it can't possibly be that. It sounds like you work at a university, too. Yeah. Well, do you know, do you know, interesting point is um, I had I had a person who sent me a message on social media today telling me that he can't believe how, um, let's just say pathetic was the words he used that um, of some of the strategies I was talking about was so easy. And what I said was, is why does it have to be complicated? It doesn't have to be complicated, but just because it's easy doesn't mean it's simple, simple to implement. You know, it's Very just, wise. you know, people, people say gardening's easy, but by God, I haven't got that one yet. But, you know, it's that, it's that sort of strategy, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's easy to sit there, watch, criticize, even mm. tell people how to do it, but yeah. then implement it. I, I know you share with me and I hope it's okay to share that you're yeah. writing a book. Yeah. And and 
it's Try you it. know we 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 read a book and we go wow yeah. that's so easy yeah. i mean that's just so easy. but when you get into the to the kitchen and you start putting the recipe together yeah. there's a lot of pieces to it oh uh, there is and there is and, and and i am a um a great person to complex things when it comes to writing <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt sometimes i wish there was just paper and pencil and no other option but the, there is there's so many other options, and because I'm a perfectionist, as you know, as we said before, I have to edit on the go, and I'm just that's my biggest. Uh, no, my next question. Okay, <laughs> so don't edit. No, exactly. So, what is your favorite app? Oh, this is easy. One I go to all the time, and it, it fits into the whole personal growth. And I love this space that you're in. But I use Hoopla. From the library, Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. Oh, right. Okay. So what does that do? Hoopla, you have to go to your local library. I think it's worldwide. I'm pretty sure it's worldwide. Go to your local library, get your library card, and you'll get a PIN number free here. And so then you log into it. You put all that in. And then you can download. I can download eight books a month. And I can get audio books. And I can get... um, a regular reading, you know, Kindle kind of books. Old fashioned well. books, yeah. Old fashioned yeah, books. The old fashioned kind of on your phone. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and you can also get uh, music and you can get uh, videos as well, but I, I never I never use those. I always do the audio books. Now, not everything's in there, but if somebody tells me a great book to go read, first place I go is Hoopla to see if I can check it out. And I get 21 days to listen to it. So, I'm, I'm using Hoopla quite a bit just, just for that. And, and typing in, like I'll type in Henry Ford. Right. And everything on Henry Ford will pop up in that app that they have that I can download for free. So I'm, I'm digging my hoopla. Sounds good. OK, I'll have to have a look at that once we've uh, finished the old interview. So question number four is what is your biggest business mistake and what does it teach you? I, I really hate to share this one, but you ask. <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed to share this, but. <laughs> You know, when you're about 25, 26 years old, now I know you didn't go through this, but I pretty much knew everything. And uh, No, I don't know what I, you're talking about. I have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was running a property in Miami. It's Turnberry Isle. And we had not only our property, but we had five high-rise, 30-story high-rise condominiums that we uh, did the landscaping for. We maintained. We had a huge shopping mall. And we had several office buildings. So we had a, a staff, oh, probably about 25, 26 people. And when I first got there, I just, I didn't feel like the quality was that good. We weren't, we didn't have a high enough standard. And I, and that's where I knew everything, right? I just knew how to do it the right way. And I started hiring people. And, and all my employees said, we just don't have enough people. We don't have enough people. We need more people. So I was hiring their cousins, their brothers and sisters and everybody else. And so they were happy. Well, we ended up with a staff of like 40 something people. And I got a call from the accounting office and they said, Hey Jeff, uh, you're way out of budget. So we, what, well, you know, this is what we got to do. And he goes, well, if you want to st- if you want to maintain this, you're going to have to do some changes with your outside customers. You're either going to have to raise your rate or drop some of these people. So I said, oh, that's easy. Let's just raise the rates. You know, <laughs> That's not a problem. Just raise the rates. So we raised the rates and significantly raised the rates. And, you know, we're in good shape until the customer sees that we've raised their rates and they say, wait a minute. 
what's going on here? And so anyway, they, they said, we'll, we'll contract this to somebody else. So they put it out for bid. So we lost, I bet we lost close to 10 contracts. Well, now I'm 46 people over and lost, lost 10 contracts. And I had to lay off. I mean, I had to lay off a lot of guys over well over 20, 25 people. And I'm telling you, that was the, that was the most sickening thing knowing I had to do it. And then the day I had to do it, it was just gut wrenching knowing I was affecting their livelihood, their, their self-worth and everything. And it, and that was, it was terrible. It was one of the worst times in my life. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks for, thanks for letting me bring that. You're welcome. Up. You're welcome. I offer therapy sessions at the end of every session. <laughs> okay. So, Question number five is, what are your challenges in balancing life and work, and how do you manage them? I think, I think when I think of that, my biggest challenge it would be family, is keeping, making sure that the, that, remember that this is the long, big picture, that they're, investing in the family is just as important as investing in the business because the kids are not going to be there that long. Now that I've got four boys and three are already out of the house, you know, it's like a blink and they're gone. So don't trade that for the, for the business. So I watched other men who were doing it successfully. They were doing a lot of things. They were running multiple businesses and yet they still had a great family life and they still had their kids. They still had their wife. And so that was the challenge was to watch them emulate them and do what they were doing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because one of the, I mean, one of the reasons that I do this work was because I was ill because of a stress related condition. But I, because of that, I lost six years. Really. I lost six years of my kid's life. I just can't, I cannot remember it. You know, I look at, I look at photographs or the kids will talk about something and it'll be, I just do not, I don't, I don't remember that. And, and it's the, one of the drivers is, is number one is to get that relationship with my kids, but also it's to understand the trap is, is when you love what you do, you've got to, you've got to learn that sometimes you have to put it away in order to, and balance is one of those things. It's never a 50, 50, but it's, but you have to, you know, you have to play, and have to be, as you say, self-aware of what is going on, and you have to pay attention that you're paying too much attention to work and not enough attention to the family. Or sometimes it is um, you're paying too much attention to the family and not enough to the work. It's that it's that balancing act. So I think that's a it's a it's it is it's 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 that self-awareness, isn't it? A lot of us entrepreneurs tend to be all in, no matter what it is. If we go on vacation and we can de- finally get to decompress, then we're all in and we don't want to go back to work. No, right? and it's that length of time to decompress. I mean, it, it used to take me almost a week and a half to decompress on a fortnight holiday. I would have a couple of days and then it'd be like, actually, I've got to be prepared for when I get back. And that's great. I've got a lot better at that. But it does take me a few days to sort of let go of work and just enjoy the holiday and it's 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 one of those it's one of those challenges because of is that passion in doing what you do that's you know? right you're right okay question number six what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out uh, i think that it, it's okay to fail and yeah. you're gonna fail Love that. yeah and, and that's part of it yeah yeah and it's it's um i can't remember who says that it's probably a jim Rohn or a zig ziglar but it's if you're going to do it, fail fast and fail right. big. And fail often. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's that that's the best learning. Yeah, because people don't like making mistakes, but it's the only way that they grow. 
I've used that damn word again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have picked a better word, though, for your whole, for your, so good marketing. Well done. It's a well-written book. (laughs) Okay. Number uh, seven is, what is your definition of success? I think it layers, the first layer would be that my family respects and loves me. You know, because you, 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 you can act one way and, and live another way. And and so that's the first part. And, and I think the, the second layer is that that I'm providing great value to others and what I'm doing, whether I be working my old Miss job or whether I'm speaking or helping another company that I can add great insight and value for them that it's that they're they're growing. Right. And they're they're seeing the the, the plus side of having me a part of the team. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Um, question number eight is, what is your, do you have a morning routine that helps you get to that optimum level of performance that you're, that you're looking for? Well, I love to work out early in the morning. So at the university, we have a, it opens at 6 a.m. as far as the gym and I'm in there and I like to do something, get, get involved. And that, that really jump starts my day. I feel lost without that. And when I travel, that messes me up. But, uh I love to have my quiet time is usually at night. And so the, the reading, the, the journaling, uh, the reminding myself of the blessings I have to be content, you know, yeah, yeah. those things come at night. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So the final question is the life lesson question. So pick a number between one and 50. Basically what that is, is each number correlates to a life lesson. Okay. 33. 33. 33. Let's have a look. I think this is 33 is ah demand respect so what i mean by that is is when i was ill there was something that i um i was quite often just willing to let people tell me what i should do and i would kind of like accept people pushing me down and just telling me this is what i could do this is what i couldn't do and it had been a story that i'd been telling myself ever since i was a child because of the dyslexia and then because of the illness and so on and so on and for me what it was it's not about an arrogance in the sense of look you know i'm the big man this is the way it should be but for me it was is you know it always reminds me of something my grandfather lived by and he lived by the poem if by rudyard kipling and it's about you know you should be standing in your own space and going i expect you know i'm going to expect people to respect me and and stand there and, and and be like that because you know as you talk about self-awareness confidence all of that helps you develop that life that you want to live and if you are not being able to stand there and go i am demanding that respect in my own space in the expertise that i give or whatever it is that's that's not right and i think is for me as a as a father it's something I want to teach my kids to have, not because I think sometimes we're, we're told to, when we say demand, it's from an arrogant point of view. It's from a place of coming from the wrong way, but it's not, it's, this is positively demanding. This is being just you, whether it's, an, whether it's your aura or whether it's your charisma or whatever it is. It's just about going, okay, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I love. This is what it is. And I just thought I'd ask you what you think about that. I think that's great. I, I totally get it. Uh, it does. I think you explained it well, but it, it is to own that space. You, you get the, 
you have to earn people's respect. I mean, there's, a, there's an acquaintance respect that when you meet each other, you respect each other. But once you get beyond the acquaintance, you earn it. And it's how you, how you hold yourself. It's, it's how you carry yourself. It's how you, uh, have you done your homework? Or are you just expecting to ride on my coattails, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Do you, roll up, do you roll up your sleeves and, and start picking up paper with us? Those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not to to not allow people to, you know, I've, I've, I'm sure you come across it as well as I've worked with that. Those people that are doing a career that they hate because mum and dad told them that this was the career they should be doing. You know, or or the, the I've even worked with the the judge who wants to be the artist or whatever it is, and they're only doing it because this is what they were told to do. The the creative work was not a career path to to have a stable income or or whatever it is, and I and I understand that. Don't get me wrong. We've got to put food on the table and everything else. But I think what we we find is is that people, when they get told that, that this is not a career path, they just ax it from their life, and then they feel empty. Yeah, and I you think gotta figure out. Yeah, you got to go. Keep going. No, no, no. That's that's. You got to figure out a way to cultivate that or, or or graft it into your life, right? So I love talking about leadership. So I had to figure out a way to graft it into what I'm doing, and and now I mean you you just got to put that in. And, and, and get it back in, get it back in. So art, I, I met a guy who, who was a, a landscape architect who, who loved what he's doing in a career, but he also is a great painter and he just worked that in. It's like, wow. I mean, just figure out a way to work it into your life. And so now he's painting paintings for people. It's amazing as a part-time thing. Yeah. And we can be extremely creative if we're willing to create that space to go, how can I add this to my life? Not how do I remove everything else? You know, it's about putting it together and seeing if there can be some cohesion rather than that. Well, no, I just can't do it because in, a lot of people in the old days were just told no. And then they, you know, they respect your elders and everything else. It's like, well, okay. And I think it, sometimes that can be extremely damaging. And as you know, as we have a responsibility to pass the good lessons on to our children. And we talked about legacy at the beginning it's that's our mission is to help people whether it's whether it's employees whether it's friends whether it's whatever it's that willingness to help leave a good positive legacy isn't it that's right you're right on i, I love what you're saying it's, it's so so important so i you're, you're preaching to the choir here brother so i love what a book that really helped me with that was the magic of thinking big Oh, brilliant book. Yeah. Yeah. David Schwartz. And yeah. just a classic. And I yeah. love listening to that once a year. Just, you know, one of the things that really spoke to me in that, and I teach this to our team is you are two important people mm-hmm. talking about important things. Yeah. And I, it that. doesn't matter what your income is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your social status is. And, and that, you know, going back to that, you know, your life lesson a while ago, that's what I was thinking, man, that is, that just draws the respect level. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Brilliant. So Jeff, how can we find out more about you? Where do we go to find out about your, your book and everything else? You got to come to Oxford, Mississippi, right? We're named after Oxford, England, right? Absolutely. So just come to Oxford, yeah. Mississippi and let's, let's, let's do lunch. I'll give, I'm, not, it, <laughs> I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Hang on. <laughs> But if you're not, if you can't come over right away, you know, I'm at, I'm at jeffmcmanus.com and all my social media is there. Love, love to connect. Brilliant. And can you get your book on Amazon? Is your book available on Amazon? 
Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put all the show notes and everything else on with all the links and everything else. And um, yeah, definitely give the give the book a go because it's got some great and powerful messages in there. Jeff, it's my just this opportunity to say thanks very much for joining me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I've loved our conversation. And I wish you the greatest success. Jeff, thank you. You've been an excellent host. Keep doing what you're doing. You are a leader in this space, so thank you. Thank you very much. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.